When we look at this, I want us to think of all the times you've heard this. A lot of times at funerals, sometimes even at, you could take the most ungodly person, and what do they do? The family asks them to read Psalm 23, and it, it really doesn't fit. But I do whatever the family wanted, and I would read that, but uh, it's really meant for a personal relationship with the Lord. Look at Psalm 1, 1. The Lord is my shepherd, not our shepherd or a shepherd. Oh, you found it. New King James, that will work. So I want us to read all six verses in unison together. After we get it up on the board. One verse at a time. Ready to begin. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. I can't hear you very good. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see that little phrase there, all the days of my life? Did you catch that? You got to answer me, I'll keep rattling on. All the days of my life. Now let me read Psalm 23 with that in mind. The Lord is my shepherd, repeat, all the days of my life. I shall not want all the days of my life. He makes me to lie down in green pastures all the days of my life. He leads me beside the still waters all the days of my life. He restores my soul all the days of my life. You get it. You get the point. You can take that phrase and go through each phrase, add that after each phrase. That's how precious this psalm is. And... Uh, I think by the time we're done in today and then in the weeks ahead, we're going to do a little series on Psalm 23. We'll see how precious really it is. Did you get an outline? Last week we shared with you again why we should share our faith, why you should share your faith, how important missions is. This is personal now between you and your Savior. And uh, so if you got an outline, the most famous of the Psalms of David is packed with spiritual truth for the believer. And so whatever time we live in, this is so applicable for you as a Christian. 
By the way, this is also called a pearl of Psalms, Psalm 23. So what I want us then to do is look at verse 1 today, and um, and then we'll some do some peripheral things along with it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There's a few things you need to look at before we get into there. Do you think it's an accident where God puts things in Scripture? And I know the arrangement of chapters and books, you know, men did that. But, you know, God could still guide such things. Psalm 23 is an interesting place to be put. Because Psalm 22 is one of the most clear and precise prophetic messianic psalms. What do we mean by that? You want to read about crucifixion of Christ long before it ever happened, you read Psalm 22. And you'll see the very first thing in Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where have you heard that before? At the cross. And... Um, you go through there, and it says they've cast lots for my uh, clothes. Um, they've pierced, in verse 16, they have pierced my hands and my feet. You know what? That wasn't even invented yet. Crucifixion wasn't even, that's a Roman punishment. This was hundreds of years before that. And uh, so Psalm 22 is is uh, is neat. You look at it, and it's a pro prophecy about the cross. Psalm 24 is interesting because Psalm 24 talks about the coming King, our kingly Lord Jesus. He's coming back. So, in Psalm 22, you have Christ of the cross. Psalm 23, you have him as shepherd. Psalm 24, you have him as coming king. So, let's talk about this, the location of the psalm. The Christ of the cross is past tense. Psalm 24 concerns the future coming of Christ, but Psalm 23 says the Lord is not was or will be. Present tense, the Lord is my shepherd. In other words, if you're still taking notes, he lives with us now. He walks with us now. He's praying for us now. The Lord is my shepherd. Do you see that in your Bible, that the word Lord is all capitalized? L-O-R-D? That means Jehovah. And what is God's personal name? Jehovah. You see how personal the psalm is? So Jehovah is my shepherd. So getting back to this, uh, Psalm 22, I think this will correlate with what the New Testament teaches very clearly. Psalm 22, Psalm 23, and Psalm 24 all relate to the three great shepherds 
mention in the New Testament. For example, John chapter 10 and verse 11 says this. Jesus speaking, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So if you're taking notes, Psalm 22 talks about the good shepherd that gives his life for the sheep. This do in remembrance of me. We just thought about that in communion. He goes on in verse 14. He says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. That's where you and I come in. You good-looking Gentiles that are sitting out there in the pew. Other sheep have I that are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. Hallelujah. And they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. No more Jew, Gentile. Ephesians teaches us. Now there's the one in Christ. Verse 17. Therefore my Father gives uh, loves me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No one takes it from me. Now I realize there was a kangaroo court the night Jesus was betrayed and then, and then uh, st stood before the court. It was a kangaroo court. But to say that Jesus was railroaded to the cross is not accurate. Because no one takes it from me and I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Aren't you glad that the Good Shepherd gave his life for you? Number two, Psalm 23 talks really about the great shepherd that cares for his sheep. And that's where we will be for a while. The great shepherd. In fact, you want to see that mentioned? He's called that in Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. Now may the God of peace who brings up our Lord Jesus, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, now, listen, I know this is cattle country, but does anybody have sheep here? One, two, anybody else? I know RP has uh, sheep over in, in uh, Burr Oak and that. I know about as much sheep as I do cattle, so if you want to know more, you go find a book. But... Um, my uncle raised, or my cousin raised sheep. My great uncle's cousin, I don't know what it is. He had a farm where I grew up, and he raised sheep, and once in a while I'd go out there. And um, 
he had some trouble with them because uh, they just didn't seem to want to cooperate at times. And um, I learned that sheep are pretty mild-mannered. You can go and, and take the lamb right out of the mother's uh, presence there, and she'll stand there and look at you. Now, maybe there'll be one or two that'll try to run you down, but uh, most mothers will become grizzly bears if you do something like that. But you see, sheep need caring. I, that's the point I'm trying to make. Would you agree to that? Those of you who have sheep, they need to be cared for. Well, so do cattle, for that matter. I've never had mutton, but uh, have anybody else? You've had mutton? Yeah? Do you like it? No? <laughs> yes. <laughs> had somebody go to the... <laughs> But anyhow, uh, the great shepherd that cares for his sheep. So you're seeing a threefold description of the shepherd and the character of our Lord Jesus. Psalm 22, he's the good shepherd that gave his life. Psalm 23, he's the great shepherd that cares for you. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And in Psalm 24, he's called the chief shepherd who will return to reward his sheep. He gave his life for the sheep. He cares for the sheep. He's coming back to reward his sheep. Where is that found? Well, let me read it for you. In First um, Peter chapter four, uh, five, verse four, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. In Revelation twenty-two. Verse 12 says something similar. Now, why all this about the shepherd? Here, you should write this down somewhere. It's not in your notes. He died to save. He lives to keep. He is coming to reward. He died to save. He lives to keep. He's coming to reward. Back to Psalm 23. The Lord or Jehovah is my shepherd. Present tense. And by the way, what's the third word? A fourth word. The Lord is my shepherd. What does that tell you? It tells you that it's not profession only, it's possession, actually. Anybody can say the Lord is my shepherd, but if he's really, if you're really saved, if you have tasted the forgiveness of the Lord and granted the gift of eternal life and been born again by grace, you can say the Lord is my shepherd my shepherd. So it's not just profession only, but possession. Possession. Do you know him? He gives his life for you. Okay. Part two of this first message is 
I shall not want. Well, a better translation of the word want is lack, because that's what it means in the Hebrew. I will not lack. So we will not lack the things that we need. I appreciate the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus gets into uh, consider the lilies. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather in the barns. And he says, Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these, your heavenly father. And they said the same thing about the birds of the air. Your heavenly father feeds them. And he says, are you not much more valuable than birds? Of course you are. We will not lack the things that we need, not want. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, uh, let's face it, a, a, a brand new Ford Expedition, man, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? No miles on it. All the bells and whistles. The sunroof. What do I need that for? I don't need it. Not at all. But whatever I need, he will supply. Philippians 4.19. Say it with me if you know it. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. And that's a promise for the Lord. Here's a little illustration. Years ago, they don't do it anymore. But you can see it once in a while on old-time westerns and the old black and whites, you know, and... and uh, you read about it in books from that era uh, that uh, when somebody needed help and it was a business that needed to hire someone, they'd put a little sign in the window. Of course, wages weren't that big. It'd be something like $2 a day. And then this phrase, and everything found. Of course, you know what that meant especially for people in ranching and different things, they needed hands. Everything found means that you'd get fed. You'd have a place to sleep. And he might even give you ammunition for your guns. Everything found meant exactly what it says. It means that the Lord, that's my shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd and everything found. And all that that means to you, I shall not lack. So let's finish your notes here and then we'll go on a few things here. Everything found, if you're taking notes, millions have been supplied. What? Provisions, verse 1. What about verse 2? He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. We'll look at that a little closer next week. But what is God providing? What is our Lord, the great shepherd, providing for you there? Refreshment and rest. Because we need it. Verse 3, he... Uh, excuse me, verse 2, he leads me beside still waters. That's called guidance. 
In verse 3, he restores my soul. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. That's called companionship. Verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. That's called happiness or joy. <laughs> I had a dear old pastor friend in Michigan who was pastoring another Bible-believing church in a different town, not far from me. His name was Estes Kenny. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? So whenever you'd see him, I had such respect for him. Do you know after 20 years in a denomination that went liberal and that started denying the fundamentals of the faith, and that's happened in a lot of denominations, after fighting it for so long, he left it, and with that, he left his pension. He could have stayed and been a wealthier man. No. No. He began what was called Calvary Bible Church in Benton Harbor, Michigan, which then grew to such an extent it started two satellite churches, one of which I pastored called Lakeshore Bible Church on the shore of Lake Michigan many years ago. Well, I'd get together with Estes once in a while, and the first thing he'd say, I'd say, hey, Brother Estes, how are you? This is what he'd say. Every time, happy in Jesus. That was his phrase. Happy in Jesus. That's Estes Kenny from verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. And then in verse 6, we have daily blessings as well as eternal home. You can write that down. Daily blessings as well as eternal home. Surely goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever and ever. So, there's room for millions more, isn't there? So, I'm going to, I guess, say it this way. In my wonderful shepherd, if you're taking notes, is strength for my weakness. If somebody says to you they have no weaknesses, you know what their weakness is already. <laughs> Hope for my despair. You keep praying for that missing daughter out in, no matter what you think about parents letting them go to a party where there's booze and all that stuff, they're dying inside because they don't know where their daughter is. Have they found her yet? Anybody know? The one out in, by Lake Tahoe, been missing two weeks, 16-year-old. We prayed about that, too. Hope for my despair. 
Hope we never find ourselves there, but boy, that would be despair. Okay? Wisdom for my ignorance. Peace for my anxiousness. Peace for my anxiousness. Healing for the wounds of life. That's what I, you know, that, that phrase, he anoints my head with oil, and I, I remember that sheep farm where, where uh, my cousin, second cousin or whatever he was, he would put something on the wounds of his sheep as he was a shepherd interested in healing. Healing for the wounds of life. I mean, life is not easy these days especially. You need to pray for your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren because it's tough. And uh, there are going to be times when we need healing for the wounds of life. But especially, here it is, forgiveness for my sins and eternal life for my soul. Amen? Amen. I want you to read what, uh, listen to what Dr. Barton said about this 23rd song. Well, first thing, he said, according to his statistics, it was the first learned and often repeated, longest remembered scripture. He says, it speaks of the shepherd who gave his life for the sheep. Verse 1, of the green pastures into which he leads us for our own sake. Verse 2, and the paths of righteousness into which he leads us for his name's sake. Verse 3, it tells us that the valley of the shadow, although full of deadly peril, is nevertheless an avenue to God. Verse 4, of the fact that it is possible to have joy in the midst of conflict, verse 5, and of the two shining ones, goodness and mercy, who have come from the upper sanctuary to conduct the flock of God to the heavenly land of verse 6. Then he gets alliterated, and I like this. The person, verse 1, the provision, verse 2, the pathway, verse 3, the peril, verse 4, the preparation, verse 5, and the, and the uh, prospect, verse 6. May we all search more and more into its marvelous depths and enjoy increasingly its matchless beauty and experience through all of life's future days, its perennial power. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Are you glad for that today? Huh? There's no mistake about it. No, in fact, um, <laughs> did you ever get up in the morning and look in the mirror and say to yourself, that can't be accurate? Well, this psalm is accurate, and there's no mistake about it. The Lord is my shepherd. And I hope that you and I draw closer to this wonderful person, the Lord, the shepherd of our souls, as we go through it together. Thank you, Lord, for our time in the Word, and thank you for this precious psalm. 
the truths that go with it. And Lord, we're so thankful for the good shepherd who gave his life for, for me, the great shepherd who cares for me, the chief shepherd who will come for me someday. How personal, how wonderful, how deep your love for us. We're thankful to be part of your flock and to have you, the great shepherd of the sheep. Help us to love you more and to spend time more with you each moment of every day. And as we sing this great song, help us truths ring into our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen.